Go to King. King will barge over. Will he get it down? Yes, he does. There's the premiership. Wilson runs to the line. He's got Buxton with him. It's been put on the toe. It's going to be to try. Joy Jobson's got the try. Window will get their second. You're listening to Lee Carson, Newcastle Hunters, Rugby League. Welcome back to League Castle. Chris McPherson, your regular host, back on deck. Episode 20 of season 2022, and it's finals time. Our major competitions, the Denton Engineering Cup and the lower grades there, as well as the Newcastle and Hunter Community Rugby League, all grades heading to finals. It's an exciting time of year. September's round the corner. Grand final glory is only weeks away for a handful of teams, but there's a few sides that are going to have to go by the wayside first. And this week, we'll see the first of those take their opportunity and the first of those miss their opportunity. Speaking of taking their opportunity... A bumper episode this week. Those that have taken their opportunity in the Statsman Performer of the Year competition brought to you by Junkyard Skips. The winner will be announced tonight. We will be able to crown the 2022 Junkyard Skips Statsman Performer of the Year. Thanks to Junkyard Skips and the Statsman, Josh Spiegelman. Unfortunately for Royce Jeffrey, he won't go back-to-back. But who will it be that will claim the 2022 honours Stay tuned and you'll find out. We're also going to chat Denton Engineering Cup with Joey Morris uh, from the Central Newcastle Butcher Boys as they head in as one of the premiership favourites in the Denton Engineering Cup. That competition is really heating up after some of the results on the weekend. Only five less standing. and In a few weeks' time, we'll head to the big dance with just two teams. Maitland in the box seat, Central and Macquarie with two bites of the cherry, but don't write off Cessnock or South Newcastle. In terms of other content today, we're also going to have a chat about the Newcastle Hunter Community Rugby League, C Grades and Southern Conference, as well as a quick glance with the two guests that we have on there, um, Poasa from the Awabakal Eagles, as well as uh, Dorso from the Hamilton Ducks about their ladies' league tag sides in the B and C grade, respectively. We've got four venues of Newcastle Hunter Community Rugby League finals most grounds kicking off at about 9.30 in the morning, running through till about 5.15, 5.30 for conclusion of the last game. We've got games down at Belmont. We've got games at Abermain, games at Malibula and games at Waratah. So every corner's covered. Newcastle Rugby League semifinals. They're going to be Saturday at Central Newcastle, St. John Oval. And then Sunday up at Cessnock at Baddeley Park. Two great venues for... Uh, rugby League semifinals, six great venues in total, and there's just so much as it heats up. Of course, before I kick off the segments with our regular co-host, Josh Spiegelman, a.k.a. the Stats Man, I do have to give mention to our partner businesses. We have Sharp DS Central Coast for all your printing and office stationery, printer, etc. needs. We have Shipley Meats at Rutherford, Beaver Breweries, uh, out of the NT, a uh, Woodbury connection who will be undoubtedly cheering them on in the Lake Macquarie Forklift Services A-grade competition as they head into the semifinals this week. And last but not least, the boys at Junkyard Skips who've been a great supporter of our show in season 2022. And bring us your next segment, which is a perfect segue into the Junkyard Skips Statsman Performer op- Performers of the Week and the announcement of the Statsman Performer of the Year.
Okay, let's kick off the show as we do each week with our Junkyard Skips Statsman Performers of the Week. We've got six games to break down, plenty to look at, and even more excitingly, we will be able to announce the Junkyard Skips Statsman of the Year. Uh, we had overwhelming response to your abacuses last week. Josh, welcome back, mate. Uh, I'm sure you've been giving them a workout this week. Great to be back, Chris. Thanks thanks very much. Thanks, everyone. Yeah, yeah big weekend and a catch-up game to boot. Well, I guess the whole last round was a catch-up, so plenty to go through before the final season series kicks off. And, yeah, like you said, a huge announcement for the, the Statman winner of the year. Thanks to Junkyard Skips and can't wait to give that away and see on this show. And if maybe over the couple next weeks, we'll give away the team of the year as well. So exciting times. Yeah, we've got some big reveals planned over the next few weeks um, and some extra little bonus pieces that we'll, we'll look to announce as well. Uh, before we get too much further, Josh, I know with yourself, you and I have been sort of, well, I was going to say fleecing. Fleecing is probably an aggressive word, but we've been putting our, our, uh, our lovely, lovely messages out to the clubs and they've responded well in regards to our giveaway. At this stage, I think we've got about eight or nine clubs that are going to have a prize up for grabs in our Instagram giveaway, which will run over the final series and we'll announce in our grand final show. So there's some really good prizes, mate. Um, training shirts, full training kits, uh, jerseys, all sorts of stuff that we've um, we've got commitments to. So, yeah, certainly looking forward to being able to give those away to the, the people that have helped us get to those big milestones, especially on Instagram this year. Yeah, that's fantastic. Big thanks to all the clubs who responded and, and offered up some gear for the fans to get around um, some competitions and yeah that's going to be great for, for the league and the exposure hopefully and, and, and as league castle we'll have our own little giveaway in a couple of weeks too as well with some products that we are currently uh producing so yeah exciting times i like, I like the little hint there mate the little teaser we'll, we'll keep that one under our hat for now but it builds the suspense i like it a lot if it, already there wasn't enough suspense today but let, let's kick it off, mate. Tuesday night, we had one of the, considering the fact that it's actually been dry, it was one of the most atrocious-looking games of rugby league. And Wes upset the Macquarie Apple card and put all the pressure on Macquarie in terms of uh, their ability to go and snatch third spot, which we'll get to when we get to the full catch-up round. But the round 14 catch-up game, West 16, Macquarie 14, in what would be generously described as an absolutely dire quagmire. Yes, mate. Real hard here for the players and credit to them for playing on eight, about 8.30 on a Tuesday night in freezing conditions at Harker in the mud and the rain. A pretty thankless task and pretty thankless for the stats man too. Obviously, I rely on jersey numbers and for the most part, they were obscured. So, um, lucky I know the players by their running style this, this, this stage of the season, which is probably a shame to say, but... Um, <laughs> And I, did, I, did, I did like it. I was um, fortunate enough, as, as many people know, and I know you know, I do um, some referee reviews with my former refereeing background. I, I was doing the referee review for this game um, on Rob Bowen, who refereed, and I did hear him at one point basically just say to both captains, guys, this is an absolute disgrace, the condition of the field. Let's just try and get out of here. It's Tuesday night at 8.30. It's ridiculous, <laughs> but we've all got to get through it, so let's just try and get through 80 minutes of football if we can. And I thought there wasn't much better way to sum it up than that. That's it, mate. We could probably just move on from there. No, we'll, we'll, go, we'll go over the numbers, mate, quickly. Uh, just a note here that we did uh, we set the line here for, for West at, at plus 10.5. So over 70% of our League Castle fans went with the Scorps with that line. So a big upset, as you mentioned at the top. Um, and we'll just go uh, honourable mentions first before we get into the points. Logan Radzajevic for West, I thought was strong at the back under the high ball. In as obviously we've mentioned tough conditions, he, he had a line break and five tackle bust. 
Um, Connor Kirkwood uh, for the Scorps at lock, 19 runs for 173 metres uh, and 43 tackles, which was a you know tough slog on that muddy track. So well done to those two boys. Just missed out on the points, though. Yeah, there uh, there was there was some um, impressive efforts, especially from the two at the back in that game, as you say. So uh, not easy conditions. The light wasn't great. Um, certainly, trying to watch it back on the Bar TV feed at times was was even more challenging. Uh, I just I think with a bit of fog and things about it, it was really hard to see. So uh, they had their work cut out for them out there. It was uh, challenging conditions to say the best, and there was times there where I think some players didn't know who was a teammate and who was an opposition, but. There were three blokes that managed to stand out for you, mate, when it came to who chalked up the numbers. Yeah, that's right, mate. And um, a point here to West Jake Goodwin, the front row with a try, a line break and four tackle busts. He, he definitely had a lot of carries and metres and work in the middle there, but unfortunately, West are one of the two teams I, I don't do the stats for. I don't have the raw data to back that up and give him the full credit he deserves, which, which is a shame. He might have got two points had I had that data. So I just said, message there to West, get me on board next year. That's not blackmail. That's just marketing, mate. I like it, you know. Yeah, you got to advertise your wares, mate. But, uh, yeah, well done to Jake on picking up a point, mate. But it was, uh, as you say, um, it was hard to split quite a number of uh, players in this one. Yeah, to be fair, the two-pointer here could have gone uh, either way. Um, I've given it to Matt Moon off the bench for the Scorps with a try. As well, uh, line break, two tackle busts, one offload, um, 37 tackles at 93%, as well as four key kick pressures, effort area there. Those two last stats um, pushed him into the two points for me. Well done, Matt Moon, the uh, perennial number 14, always performing well and uh, sneaking his way into the points with some good numbers. But he didn't do enough to get the three in the quagmire that was Harker Oval, mate. He was pipped by a uh, workhorse in the middle of his own squad. Yeah, that's right, mate. Liam Higgins, the hooker for uh, the Scorps here. Um, he scored his own try, a line break, a separate try assist, three tackle busts, 96% of defense, which was fantastic. And really importantly, in these conditions, no errors uh, where, where a lot obviously happened and also no penalties. So a pretty faultless effort there in the middle in a losing side and, and worth the three points. And Liam's had a, a really good season, often doesn't feature in the points because he gets sniped, I guess, by either his brother or or the backs in the squad, but I think in these conditions, he, he really fought hard in the middle, and he, he definitely deserves that three points. Yeah, certainly looked good to the eye test. Um, watching back the game, uh, Liam got through plenty of work, and as you say, he's always there or thereabouts, so good to see him picking up the maximum to round out the regular season, or actually it wasn't rounding out the regular season, I'm getting ahead of myself, to, to round out <laughs> Tuesday night. We then headed to Friday night, mate, and round 15, which was, this threw me off, as you probably heard in commentary a couple of times when I was the last round of the regular season, but it's the round 15 catch-up game. Um, but let's have a look at Friday night. Central hosted the entrance. The uh, the Butcher Boys took advantage of the fact that they had just the one standalone game for the men's competition on and moved it to Friday night to give them an extra day to rest ahead of next weekend knowing full well they would be in second, but they certainly didn't rest on their laurels, mate. 26-6, to six, comfortable winners uh, in the end, along with other results that saw the entrance drop down one spot on the ladder, but they were obviously out of the finals race well and truly by this point, and Central just added a bit of security to their second spot. Yeah, that's right, mate. They did indeed. It was a pretty convincing win. Uh, it was actually pretty rainy in this one as well. The conditions weren't great. The ball was a bit like soap to start the game for, for both sides, and uh, I think the difference was Central managed to rectify that during periods where the entrance kind of didn't, hence the scoreline. So um, put themselves under a lot of defensive pressure there. 
Um, we're going to the honourable mentions here for uh, this is all a central whitewash, uh, as, you, as the scoreline suggests. Ryan Walsh, he, he slotted in nicely at the seven here with, with Luke Walsh resting. He had three tri-assists. And their winger, um, Mal Uta, uh, was back in the squad, kind of like their Brian Tarr uh, on the wing there. Uh, huge work rate. He had a team high, 18 carries for 150 metres. So great effort by those two boys. Yeah, certainly is. Uh, Ryan's fairly, I mean, they're pretty blessed in terms of halves. And we've got him, they've got Fletch Kennedy, they've had Randall Briggs fill in. Uh, it's, a, it's a real first world problem to have when you can replace Luke Walsh with Ryan Walsh. He's um, a first grade half at most clubs, um, as are those other names that we mentioned there. And um, I think, you know, Fletch was there and thereabouts in this game as well. But uh, ne- neither uh, he nor um, Ryan managed to feature in the points, mate. Uh, so let's roll straight into, as you said, what is a clean sweep for the Butcher Boys um, in their Friday night win. Yeah, that's right, mate. Um, one point here to the second row, Ethan Campbell for Central uh, with a try, 12 runs for 103 metres, two tackle busts, a line break, 26 tackles at 93%. Two points to the big front rower, Lockie Piper here. Got the start up front in this game as Central had it locked up uh, where they were on the table. So he scored a try as well, which doesn't show on the website. Um, well, I guess the, the, the play rugby league website, I guarantee you he did score and he will tell you the same thing. Uh, one line break, <laughs> seven tackle busts, 11 runs at 110 metres and 100% defence. So... Um, that his performance showcases the depth that their middles have made. We were just talking off air. We've talked about it recently. Cam King, Junior Rasika, Woody Baker, Lock- Lockie Piper, Nick Ritter. It's just it's insane, their rotation. Certainly is a, a fair rotation, mate, that they've got there. And they've got some other guys that can pinch hit in the middle as well, which just makes them more and more dangerous. And, yeah, look, there's nothing you can do worse to a griever front row than take the uh, limited numbers of tries they do get off them. So I'm sure Lockie Piper will be quick to speak to the team manager and scorers and try and get that rectified so that he gets his meat pie and hopefully gets him off the nerdy run. <laughs> I'm sure he... Uh, <laughs> I'm sure they know he scored, mate. We all saw it. Uh, that, rug, that, that that website's been a bit dodgy all year, so what can you do? But the stat man saw it and it's written down in the annals of Central's history now, mate. That's so where it counts, good. mate. It counts, it counts in the junkyard skips, stats, man, stats. That's where it's all about. But who was the man that outpointed the try-scoring front rower that is Lockie Piper? Yeah, another try-scorer here in Central's other edge, Dom Murphy, um, really critical to their team. Fourth season, but this game especially, as I mentioned, he scored the try. He had the team high 180 metres from 16 carries, two line breaks, six tackle busts, 27 tackles at 100%. Um, yeah, pretty faultless, just an error, I think, all match. So really good, for, uh, really good by Dom Murphy. He's been a real um, staff in the last two years, spent most of last year in the centres, and obviously with the arrival of Kai Cooper uh, and uh, Tamanu Alexander has, has reshuffled his way into the second row, and it looks like that's more his natural home, but certainly does a great job in either position, and good to have that versatility should something happen to one of those outside backs. So another asset for Central, and, and like a couple of those teams, in that, especially in that sort of top three to five, the depth in some of these in some of these positions is just phenomenal, and the versatility of some of these guys. It's yeah, again, and we'll talk about the Maitland Cessnock game in a moment. It really shapes up that we could have a red hot final series on our hands with the the talent that's on show. Yeah, huge, mate. Uh, the forward pack for every club that's made the final. To well, as, I, as, as anyone can imagine, they're probably the best five forward packs in the comp. As the table suggests, just incredible, mate. Talent all across the park from eight to thirteen, and on the bench. 
Certainly is. There's plenty of depth. And I think there's a couple of the clubs where you might even find some guys who don't make the 17 that are pretty hard done by as well and might have even at different points featured in our points. But that was the Friday night wrapped up, mate. That meant we only had four games of the regular season left. And at the end of that Friday night game, what we knew was that first, second and fifth were locked in. It was just about who was going to finish third and fourth. And there's a couple of games that had some, I guess, crucial bearing on those positions. And um, in terms of that, it was obviously the games down at Carl Oval and the game up at Baddeley Park. So let's knock over the other two first. And the fifth place, Souths, they uh, managed to get another two points on the board to head into finals and get a little bit of momentum. They went up to Curry Sports Ground and ran away reasonably comfortable winners in a game that looked wasn't for rugby league purists. Wasn't the prettiest display, but you know, like they say in cricket, um, they don't, and, I, and I'm sure you've picked me on this for commentary, and maybe even at this specific ground earlier in the year, they don't draw pictures on the scoreboard. Uh, it's 26 to eight is two points that South in the recent run of form they've had will be very happy to take to the bank. Yes, that's right, mate. Uh, you hit the nail on the head here. Pretty low completion affair, I'd say, from both sides here. Uh, with South looking to improve that going into the finals and, and they obviously can like they're, they're a team that usually completes at a, at a higher level so it's just a down one for them I'm not sure what was going on it was okay conditions but we'll start off with the honourables here um, Curry's Brody Lenane scored a double 93 metres at 9.3 carry so he caps off on a line break he caps off a, a pretty good season for a disappointing Curry outfit in 2022 uh, Lewis Hamilton for South the second row with a try three tackle busts 133 metres at 10.2 a carry and 93% defence. Um, really well done to Lewis, but just missed out on the points. He's always been a solid performer. We've talked him up quite a bit this season. Uh, he won't be uh, taking out the title, but has been fairly consistent for them throughout the year. And a south side that was lacking a few players uh, created some opportunities here for some guys to get up into those 3 2 and one mates. And uh, I'll hand it directly back to you to run through the clean sweep for the boys in red and white. Yeah, no worries, mate. Uh, one point here to Harry Van Dardle, the South fullback. Five from five convert goals all up in the game. Some really tricky from the sideline. Six tackle busts, a line break, a try assist, a line break assist, 120 metres and 12 metres a carry, which was fantastic. Um, Frank Paul, the wrecking ball, comes in with two points here. 100% in defence, a match high, 179 metres at 10.5 a carry. Two tackle busts, a try assist, a line break assist, two offloads, both of which were effective. Um, Frank Paul and both Brendan Simpson have really picked up in the last few weeks with uh, some injuries to South uh, Middles there. So look for them to continue that against Tessnock this weekend. And then I couldn't go past uh, Jack Cameron, who usually comes off the bench for South, the big middle there. He started a lock in this game or thereabouts in the middle. Uh, two try effort, two tries in the first 11 minutes of the game. So I was wondering where we're going to go from that point. But unfortunately, not a front row as Hattrick. Um, two line breaks for those tries, five tackle busts, two offloads, both effective, 9.6 runs a carry and 92% defense. So he looked like he belonged in the starting lineup. Yes, yeah, certainly, mate. An ominous warning for the uh, front row of Cessnock that Frank Paul, five points in his last two games and two wins for South. So maybe that's the secret if you're uh, if you're tuning in, Harry Saker. Keep big Frank Paul quiet. Although I don't know that it's a very big secret. If you can keep Frank Paul quiet, then you've probably got a long way to winning any game against South Newcastle, I would have thought. Yeah, I'd say so, mate. Just doing it, isn't it? It's the hard part. Certainly is, mate. Uh, they found form finally after that bit of a, a slump heading into the finals and it does mean that they will be playing elimination football uh, this weekend on Sunday, which we'll get to shortly, mate. But we'll keep moving along. We'll go to the other game and uh, 
Well, again, probably not a game for the purists. There was certainly, you know, you weren't bored or um, left wanting for lack of tries. Seven tries to six in a shootout. Wyong Roos, 38-34 over Western Suburbs. Now, West have not been known for high-scoring affairs this season, so good to see them getting some um, execution and points on the board to finish the season, mate. But, uh, yeah, this is uh, flashes back of the old Holden and Toyota Cup score lines. Yeah, it is, mate. Um, and it's one of those rare occurrences where these this is the match that oh, I didn't watch the full game because I don't do either of these teams, the two teams that I don't have on board yet. So only reviewed the try-scoring moments, but as you've just mentioned, there were a fair few of them to review anyway to get, to get some decent numbers up. So we're going to give one point here to Jake Lewis, the prop for Wyong. Yes, in a high-scoring match, a prop gets a point with a try, also gets another try assist, a line break and a line break assist. So creative stats there for the big front rower. I was going to say, Mitch, um, Mitch Williams needs to put him in the six next year, mate. Yeah, seems that way. Seems that way. He's got some creative ability about him, Jake Lewis. Um, and then we're going to actually move to a player in the six, but for the other t- other side, West half Max Badiris with a try of his own, two try assists and a line break, a capping off a pretty, pretty good season, I'd say, for Max from what I've seen, but still some room to grow there. And that's what uh, West are hoping for. Got a pretty high ceiling. And three points, signing off the season in style in a fantastic campaign in 2022 uh, was himself, Mitch Williams, the captain of Wyong. Um, one try, one line break with the try. A game high, three try assists. No one else got that many. And two line break assists. So just um, phenomenal season by Mitch. He's obviously, without guys out saying, it's a, a key part, uh, a key factor in their success going forward. He certainly is, mate. Um, he... While no spring chicken, his experience is going to be key to that side ongoing. And he certainly polled well this year and, and been a key feature of their side and of our leaderboard for a long time in 2022. But let's keep moving along, mate. We'll move on to the final two games. As we said, they had the impact on the final ladder. Uh, we knew that if Macquarie went to Lakes and won, that Cessnock would need to defeat Maitland in the match of the round. And Macquarie certainly did win. They won comfortably 30 points to eight. Um, one of the more exciting moments out of this game was the penalty goal at towards the end of the game by Sean Boss in his final game. I thought that was a nice touch from Lakes. They knew they were out of the game and just took the two points and let him knock that one over, mate. Uh, might have been an awkward way to finish the career, though, if he'd missed. Yeah, luckily, I guess it was pretty much plumb in front. So a really nice moment for, for Sean Boss there to wrap up his, his, his great career there at the club and in rugby league and yeah, all smiles down there, even with the scoreline, and deservedly so after a great career. Yeah, correct, mate. Um, hopefully, it's not the last we've seen of Sean Boss. Hopefully, we see him pop up in a you know in a pub competition somewhere or down on the Central Coast. Uh, he's still, I think, got a little bit left to give, but I can't blame him for not wanting to keep running into brick walls in the middle of the uh, the middle of the field for a few more years. He's had a great career at um, Wong and Lakes, and um, yeah, hats off to him. He's an absolute competitor and undoubtedly won't be the only one that unfortunately we'll see the last of in season 2022. But credit to Lakes for, um, I guess, the way in which they gave him that send-off. Uh, I think it's probably under, undersold some of these guys that are long servants of some of these clubs. We don't necessarily probably give them the, um, the applause and plaudits that they deserve. So well done to Bossy. But, uh, mate, I don't think the penalty goal was probably enough for him to get the three points in this one. No, unfortunately not, mate. It was a clean sweep for the Scorps, as the scoreline suggests. So... I uh, gave a point to Dean Morris, the winger for the score. He played yeah, for, for Joe Woodbury, who was out a week with an injury. I thought he was really strong with a try. Five tackle busts, a line break, a separate try assist, 
143 metres at 10.2 a carry, and, and none of those came from a long break, so they were hard-earned metres, really good kick returns from the back. Uh, so well done to Dean. And moving on to two points, uh, Carrot Holland, the fullback for the Scorps, with a try, two line break assists, a try assist, a line break, and four tackle busts. So finding form at the right time is Carrot. And a return to the three points, uh, well, I guess first uh, first place podium spot in a match, Royce Jeffrey, the defending stat man champion of the year, well, for the next 20 minutes until we reveal the next one. What a nice way um, to hand it off, mate. I like that. I like Royce has stepped up and just, you know, said, look, you know, I need, I need to give this the honour in the, in the final handoff game. I know, I'm, I know I'm out of striking distance, but... Um, yeah, he uh, obviously decided to put his hand up and just make sure that he, he did it the honours it deserved and uh, handed it off with a maximum himself. Exactly, mate. Yeah, he passed the baton here very nicely to the winners, which I nearly gave away, but I won't. Um, so, yeah, barnstorming game here by Royce. One try, eight tackle busts. That's what we like to see from him. A line break, a try assist, a line break assist, and 11.4 metres of carry with 92% defence. So, well earned. Three points. Ominous signs for Macquarie as they build into the finals that their back line is really starting to fire now. Um, and that'll be interesting to watch on Saturday. But we headed to... I will just... Um, sorry, mate. Sorry, on. mate. I, w- I did mistakenly skip over the honourables for this section. I thought it'd be remiss not to mention at least one Lakes player from the game. Um, young C- Caleb Faulkner, which we touched on a week or two ago, came out of, you said, the pub leagues, right? And has made his name. In the first grade this season, I thought he, he epitomised and showed why Lakes are in good hands going forward, given our young years and talented. 20 runs, 173 metres, four offloads and three tackle busts. So well done to Caleb and the Lakes club. And, and like everyone knows, they'll be back bigger and better next year. Yeah, undoubtedly Bubba will have re-signing. The, uh, the man that emerged from the D grade in the pub competition very quickly to snap him up and make sure he's around for next year. Although... At his age and uh, his ability, it wouldn't be surprising, and I'm sure Lakes would not uh, would not begrudge him the opportunity if he got to go to higher honours. I just think they'd like to make sure that if he's still playing just at the first grade level, that they keep him in the blue and gold at Carl Oval for a couple of years to come. Uh, while certainly Bubba's there for another couple, if not longer, as they uh, continue to try and rebuild, and things look promising, as you say, for the future. Some real good young guns coming through their club. But, mate, um, that left us to go to Baddeley Park, where I was fortunate enough to be, and I managed to make your ears bleed as you listened to 80 minutes of my dulcet tones because I couldn't find a co-commentator. Cessnock needing a win over Maitland or a draw would have done it as well to secure third place and two bites of the cherry. And I tell you what, they went close a number of times, but the pickers just a little too strong for them. Uh, a scoreless second half in the end, but it wasn't as dull as you might think with a scoreless second half. It was riveting football. There was a bit of everything. There's certainly some tempers fraying and, you know, heated uh, interactions between both sides, but it was the pickers running out winners, 12 points to eight in uh, a game. And I think I said it on the day, Josh, if we get um, half a dozen games or the half a dozen games of the final series that are all at that sort of standard or close to, we'll be very happy campers come the close of season 2022. Yeah, definitely, mate. It was a good one to watch. And no, it was made even better, mate, with a, with a confident and good commentator in yourself. So you're passing me that $10 after the call. I was going to say, flattery will get you everywhere, Josh. I'll, I'll re-sign you next year on a 100% signing bonus. Thank you, mate. I look forward to the donut. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, no, no, it was a great job, mate. Great job. But um, yeah, even better, obviously, by the players in this game. Uh, really good to watch, as you said. Really hope the finals are like this. There was a huge turning point, as you'd agree, in the match. Just... Um, 
when when their winger sets up winger Josh Cagney, he knocked the ball on off a kick chase to score. I thought I think it was a knock on, but obviously live it looked like a try and. Then Maitland went down the other end and scored just before half time. So I don't know what you think, but I reckon that was probably the, the talking point and the turning point in the game there. Yeah, it might, might have been a turning point. I was I actually thought he bobbled it from my commentary position. So, But again, sometimes it does look like that live. And so, you know, with the referee in the spot, but the fact that he went with that as well. But I think there'll be some other talking points that might emerge out of this game, which we might leave for a wide berth until we hear... Um, there's certainly a couple of key players from both sides that uh, might come under the microscope after they went on report So, um, and a whole incident that went on report as well. So we'll wait and see what the uh, judiciary fallout is because it could impact both Cessnock, who will now finish third, and, uh, sorry, fourth and play elimination football, as well as Maitland because they had a couple of key players as well, um, including their talisman half who are now probably in the sights of the review committee, which will be interesting to see what happens. Yeah, definitely interesting, mate. That's big, big news for the final series. Um, yeah, uh, no comments, I guess, until we hear what happens, like you said. But um, yeah, one to watch there. Uh, we'll move on to the to the honourables from this game. Uh, there were three of them I, I wanted to note. Uh, one from Maitland, Jimmy Bradley, 174 metres from the wing, uh, and a bit of centre, 15 right from 15 runs, sorry, six tackle bust and a line break. Jared Anderson in the centre for the uh, the goies with a try, five tackle bust, a line break, and offload 104 metres. And Reed Hugo, the second row from Cessna, with four tackle busts, two offloads. Uh, team high, 124 metres, 29 tackles at 88%. But could not find a spot for the Cessna boys in the top three, unfortunately. That it is, is a clean sweep. Maitland. It, it is a little bit unfortunate. I just want to add one other stat after talking to Reed after the game and also managed to catch up with Chad O'Donnell, which will pop in when I uh, have my uh, chat with Joey Morris a little bit later on from Central. Um, but we had a, I had a chat with Reid after the game, and the stat that you missed there was one busted nose, mate, which he which he inferred to me did improve his looks, which is good to hear. <laughs> That's good, mate. Yeah, unfortunately, don't crawl those those injury stats. But <laughs> there would have been a few <laughs> yeah. from that game, mate. There's a few. There's a few busted up, busted up, and clipped faces. Little Chad had a nice cut on his nose. It was a it was a fairly old school sort of footy game, I think. Fairly brutal, fairly physical. Nothing too untoward. But yeah, there was certainly um, yeah no inch given. It was it was a great game of footy to watch. But mate, that's probably a good transition into a, a man who throws above his weight and uh, got into a, a few different spots before getting a rest late. Who picked up your one point? Yeah, that's right, mate. Um, Matt Sopalolo came off after about sixty something minutes uh, playing at fullback here with Dan Langridge out. Uh, five tackle busts, a line break assist, one hundred and seventy meters from eighteen runs, eighty eight percent carry win win weight, win rate. Sorry, and which was the best of my back five. So when I spit that out, Matt gets a point. Yeah, well done to Matt, a consistent performer in their um, in their lineup this year. As have been these next two, mate. Uh, as you said, you couldn't quite eke anyone in for Cessnock just due to the strength of these three performers and these, you know, three. It's uh, all in very varied positions. We quite often see one team dominate in, you know, either the middles, the edges, the spine, whatever it might be, but. These guys got through and, and were certainly standouts. And interestingly enough, the uh, the man, I think, that got the uh, Bar TV game um, player of the match, which wasn't determined by me, was uh, S- Sam Anderson. So he um, he picked up the award but didn't quite feature here. So interesting to see who your two and three are. Yeah, and I had a pretty good game, I thought. Pretty reliable in the middle. Um, just didn't have those kind of, I guess, I'd say spectacular stats that pushed these boys to the two and three. Um, just a very solid game, though, as you'd expect from Sam and you know, vital in other areas, I guess, outside of statistics, because as we know, it's not all about the stats. But for these boys, they piled it up, and the two-point, he actually, I think he got the Players Player or Coaches Award from Maitland, so it was recognised. Alex Langbridge, 
the hooker for Maitland with a try assist, two line break assist, a team high 38 tackles, and six key, key, key kick pressures. So well done to Alex. Yeah, a solid performer, as I said. He's led them well, their skipper this year. And uh, again, a key, you know, we talk about Mitch Williams at. Um, at Wyong, Alex is in that similar sort of vein in the way that he leads. He's understated, undersized, but gets through plenty of work. But it was someone at the other end of the spot size spectrum, mate, who picked up the maximum from you. That's right, mate. Um, Jaden Butterfield here, the big front rower for Maitland. Three-point effort with a try, 144 metres at 10.3 carry, 93% carry win rate. Said that right this time. One line break, two tackle busts, 24 tackles at 96% efficiency. And he won 100% of his completed tackles. So, well done to Jaden. He's been doing this all season. Really hard to break into the points, though, in this squad, as you can imagine. Uh, this squad, the score, the central sets, not they're all hard to get points out of. So, big effort here. And, um, yeah, that wraps it up. Yeah, certainly does. That brings us to a close. And I just want to, we were talking about Sam Anderson before. I do want to apologise. You called me out on it, mate, uh, in the commentary. I was uh, getting tongue tied between. Apthorpe and Anderson, um, and I know I noticed that during the commentary, I was getting the two of them confused, both similar big mobile frames. So, uh, yeah, apologies, Sam. It's just so confusing with how many um, A names there are, and especially Andersons. I figured there was too many of them running around in the competition already. Yeah, that's right, mate. There are a few, and yeah, you did a really good job commentating. I can't even say regular words right, so to get everyone's name right, it's a big effort. You just got to get onto autopilot and hope the brain keeps up, mate. That's it. Uh, that's the situation with most of it. But anyway, um, mate, that that wraps us up. And oh, sorry, go on. Not me, mate. Must be reception. Okay, no worries. We, uh, yeah, we, we. That brings us to a close for the 2022 Junkyard Skips Stats Man of the Year, and. Uh, a few little pieces that I just wanted to mention before I hand over to you to do the reveal of our winner. Um, would be that we had 112 players poll. Every club had players who polled the equivalent of maximum votes in two games. And I think in our top 20, we featured eight of the 10 clubs. So um, certainly a really impressive performance. There was a number of, um, I guess, players who were there and thereabouts, some players who you know missed only a handful of games and had they played the full, full complement, they would have probably been a little bit closer to the top. As Josh said, we've probably we've got a team of the year and some other things to reveal later in the year, so we're not going to go through the reverse order of the leaderboard. But what I will do is, Josh, I, I just want to say a big hats off to you, mate. The amount of number crunching that goes into these 112 players that have all tallied points throughout the season all comes down to your hard work, your hard reviewing and viewing and counting and crunching and abacusing. I don't know if that's a word, but it is now. <laughs> Of these games, mate. So without you and without the boys at Junkyard Skips, this doesn't happen. Throw into that the amount of time that you put in to go through it with me, mate. Um, I think you almost deserve an award of your own. I know you do it for the love of the game, but I think I speak for all the players that give us all the feedback too. They really appreciate it. And, um, yeah, a big thank you, mate, for everything that you do and everything that you've brought to the pod since you've joined us. Yeah, thanks very much, Chris. That means a lot. Yeah, it's been a long season. No, I haven't done this many clubs before, eight out of ten or... For the, for the most part of the season, at least six to a few came on late. So it's been great, though. It's been great to increase my knowledge of the players in the league and, you know, even seeing how much stronger I thought it was a few years ago with what it is now. And just great to give the, the players the credit they deserve. Otherwise, would go unnoticed, apart from, I guess, the, the tries that are tallied made. There's no underlying stats about it. So 
hopefully, hopefully, yeah, just increases their profile. And yeah, that's why we do it, mate. And it's been a long season and pretty happy to announce the winner that unfortunately knocked Royce off his perch, but we'll never forget that inaugural season from him last year. And the winner of the Statman of the Year in 2022 is split. We could not split them. Matt Sopalola and Cameron Spider-Anderson. Congratulations, boys. Phenomenal seasons. Just could not be split with the votes. 20 points each. Yeah, well, well done to the two boys. We, uh, we've had managed to have both of them on the show during the year. Both absolute gentlemen, gun footballers who would not look out of place at the higher level, mate. And, um, yeah, certainly uh, two, two guys as well. that I, I love how engaged they are with our social media, those two boys, along with a lot of those other bromances you've got throughout the competition, mate, just watching the Instagram messages fly sometimes through the week. But well-deserved to both of them. Both could have been very deserving winners in their own right. And, um, yeah, certainly pumped to uh, have the boys both win. Um, as a, uh, I guess, as a, as a result of that, we had to try and work out how we're going to split the prize pool, which, considering that you're a stats man and I did maths and science at university, it took us a little while to come up with a solution, mate. But we got there. And um, in consultation with the boys, we reached out to them uh, after we knew the result and... Firstly, the $150 from, for their charity, the, the boys have combined and said they'll donate that $150 to uh, the Black Dog Institute, which is a, a great uh, charity dealing with men's mental health specifically um, and mental health more broadly. So um, I think that's a great choice from the guys made, especially in light of um, everything that's gone on with Paul Green, et cetera, lately. Yeah, that's phenomenal that they came together and chose that. Obviously, you know, condolences around the Paul Green situation and it's just yeah, hopefully goes a little way, small amount, but hopefully, hopefully does its job there. And apart from the one fifty that the boys are going to give to charity, they're going to get a pocket of hundred dollars each, which is not not as much as they deserve for such a great season. But a non for profit show, not for profit show. That's that's what we can do. But it all comes down to junkyard skips for, for putting that money up in the first place. And I think they'll be happy that firstly a chunk of it's going to the great charity, the Black Dog Institute, and then a chunk going into the pockets of these two great players, which I can rattle off some numbers for in a minute. Yeah, certainly a big thank you to Junkyard Skips. Um, they've put up, put forward, you know, $300, which is not insignificant from a small business. Um, so we appreciate them doing that. They're great supporters of local rugby league and, and podcasts. We know they support a couple of other podcasts as well, which is great to see. And they're there and thereabouts with, you know, the clubs that they're involved in as well. So they put plenty of money where their mouth is. They're big supporters, both involved in the local rugby league competition as well. And while we haven't been able to pin the two boys down and have them on the show this year, I know they are committed to uh, hopefully being involved in some way, whether it's the same or a different one next year and um, having them on board um, for an episode, hopefully in the pre-season and a bit of a chat, which will be great to see. But a big thanks to them. Um, again, yeah, that $300 and then the loose change that we scraped from around the back of our couches, Josh, to make sure that the boys got a nice round figure um, to reward them for what's been a great season. And um, again, so many players that came so close and, yeah, so many players that deserve credit, so hence some of the um, other pieces that we'll be doing later in the year. But let's recap it, mate. Cam Anderson, Matt Soper, Lawler, the seasons that were. Let's fire through some of those um, those big numbers, mate, um, for the two boys, some highlights from them. Yeah, definitely, mate. So both registered points in nine separate matches in the Statsman uh, competition this year, uh, which is phenomenal. Um, obviously, everyone knows that Spider took out the top try scorer with 15 ahead of Matt, who got 10. So it's pretty good in his own right. I would just touch on Matt, though, first, some phenomenal rounds. Uh, looking back, set, setting a comp record with 277 metres in one game. Season long, he had over 100 tackle busts in the regular season alone, which topped his team easily, and 19 line breaks, also topping Maitland. 
which I mean, as we know, strong Maitland is, is just an amazing stat itself. He also had 13 line break assists, seven try assists, 20 offloads, which was second in the team. As much as, as much as he wants that to be first, but second. Sorry, Matt. Uh, two hundred. <laughs> <laughs> He's already got me about the offloads. Two thousand seven hundred and seventy-one meters, which is just an incredible record. And <laughs> actually, also annoyed that that is actually tied first in Maitland. Can you believe uh, in, 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 with that range of outcomes? Someone. Right, I, think, I, think, I, think, I think you're gonna have to go back and rewatch the matches to split them by a meter, please. Uh, all of them. <laughs> Yeah, there's a common theme here. We can't split the stat man. I can't split the meter in Maitland. But can you have a guess who, who tied with him for, in Maitland for the regular season for most meters run? I'm going to get Jaden Butterfield. Spot on, mate. Spot on. Big Jaden. He did have probably around 15 to 20 more carries than Matt. So on average, as Matt's got him. But um, yeah, freaky how numbers if you, work out. If, if you start to, and I'm putting my physics hat on here, if you start to work out the Newton meters of force of Jaden Butterfield having to run that far with the extra extra frame that he carries and the extra muscle, and he, he's yards in front of soaps. That's like soaps running 5Ks. <laughs> Matt, mate. But... Step it up next year, please, soaps. Yeah, <laughs> just phenomenal, though, mate. The, the amount of attacking stats he put up as I've rattled off, uh, well-deserving of stat, joint stat man of the year. And uh, we touch on Spider here, big Cameron Anderson. Uh, Central came on late for me this year, so I don't have the uh, total kind of meterages and all that for the season. But obviously, we highlighted, um, you know, a few of his spectacular efforts throughout the season. Again, Curry in round 17 was a stat man highlight. Which, we, which listeners will remember was that 180 super, co- uh, super coach points round. Uh, three tries, 240 metres, three line breaks, 12 tackle busts, two try assists and three line break assists. So that's more than some players put up in a half a season. He's done I, that in one game. That's more than I put up in 15 years of playing multiple codes. Exactly, mate. And the freaky thing is that, you know, a Spider would have cracked easily 100 super coach points on, you know, I'd say probably around nine occasions or more, given the points I gave him. Just um, phenomenal from the back there for Central. I wish I had the season stats. So I actually got approached the other day uh, to, to collate the season leaders and some of those key ones like try assists and line breaks for either the awards night or, or something for the Newcastle Rugby League. But unfortunately, only do eight of the 10 clubs and some clubs came on a bit late this season. So hopefully. Next season, we might have some more underlying. I was going to say, boys, boys at Wyong, and uh, I know, I know you chat to Mitch already. Boys at Wyong, so Sharpie, get into get into Mitch and uh, Stevie Witters and uh, Sammy Keenan. Time to time to speak to Larry and uh, get get him on board so that we can roll these out for the whole competition and have some real measuring sticks and you know have some good good uh, I guess you know pieces at the end of the year. We'll be able to roll out top try scorers, top meters. Top offloads, all sorts of things, mate. Um, in terms of the uh, the full competition, and make sure that we are actually on the money. It'd be great to see. But uh, in the meantime, eight out of ten is pretty good, mate. And uh, I, I know you're looking forward to engaging and helping build the comp for next year. Yeah, hundred percent, mate. Can't wait for next year. But yeah, looking back on this year, I mean, obviously the season's not done. The players now turn to the the all important final series. But this, I guess, Dallium style uh, competition that we run here, the Statman competition. Say it again, big thanks to Junkyard Skips, big thanks to the clubs that allow me to share the positive stuff. Obviously, no negatives shared here on the podcast. And um, yeah, just really enjoyed the stat keeping this year and got a few rounds to go for the finals. Looking forward to share the, the big performance from the all-important uh, el- uh, elimination and, and, and um, semi-games. And just, yeah, it's going to be great next month, mate. Yeah, it's going to be a great time. The weather's warming up. Finals footy. We've also got the Newcastle and Hunter finals coming it's really exciting to see what there is over the next few weeks. And 
Mate, my, my one big takeaway from this, not only is how phenomenal it is that we've got two players who played, you know, the majority of the season at fullback um, to finish tied here, but... My big takeaway is, like the UFC, Newcastle Rugby League needs more nicknames. Like, you know, those, those real fighting style nicknames. I'm not talking just, you know, your, your standard just, you know, short, shortening Anderson to Ando or things like that. But, you know, we've got Cameron Spider Anderson. It's just got a real ring to it. So I'm going to encourage all of the players to um, and fans to, to nominate someone from your club and send us through a message. And we'll start running with it. Like, we're happy to be the, the early adopters, right, and just start running with some of these nicknames, as long as they're not offensive. Um yeah, I'm all about it. I think I think I think it'll uh, add some spice, mate. Some you know, like, like you know, what do we have? Nathan Nathan White Lightning Ross. That was a good one. That was you know, who was in our comp last year. A few more of those would be great, mate. Um, uh, There's so, the wombat out of isn't there? Isn't Reed Ulchin the wombat? I've heard. Reed, Reed the wombat Ulchin, exactly right. Yep. So we would, wouldn't mind a few more of those. I've heard Brock um, Brock Liam called the Shank. Um, I don't know how good that is, but um, <laughs> yeah. So we're, we're all up for him. Um, yeah, anyway, Dan the Hens Peck, I don't know, no. Uh, I might leave it to other people, I think. <laughs> but we're happy to be early adopters and uh, give, give us a go, especially, um, you know, especially if you've got one for soaps, that'd be good. Um, you know, I don't know, the white lantern, like the green lantern, yeah. <laughs> we'll have to think of it in the off-season. Yeah, we've got, we've got lots of time to kill now that you're not crunching stats and we won't be recording podcasts for about, you know, 20 weeks. So, But, yeah, we'd love to see those from the listeners, but... In closing out this segment, mate, again, thank you to you. Thank you to the boys at Junkyard Skips and a massive congratulations to to Spider and Soaps, Cameron Anderson and Matt Sopalola. 20 points each. Uh, when you allow that, you know, the maximum you could get is 54 points. That means that the two of them have both claimed, you know, the best part of two-fifths or 40% of the maximum points across the season. When you have a look at how stacked those two clubs are as well, it's absolutely phenomenal. Exactly, mate. And I was going to also touch... Uh, Royce finished last year out outright winner on nineteen point five points. So we have a new, uh, I guess, top score. We do. We have a new record, not by much. They've pipped him. So uh, we set the challenge out there to you, Royce Jeffrey. Time to get twenty point five or twenty one, probably, because we don't want to see point five because that means that we've had impacted rounds. Um, and next year is going to be a season with no COVID, no washouts. It's going to be like the old times again. <laughs> Oh, mate, I hope so. I, well, I was actually speaking, I think it was to, to maybe Matt about what's going to happen next year and we'll be settled on probably a killer heat wave so, <laughs> based on what's happened with the flood and oh, COVID. It's either that or a locust plague, so here, here we go. Uh, bi- bibli- bibli- biblical, biblical proportions come at us. But, mate, thank you again. I'll let you get to your evening and uh, look forward to talking to you again next week, mate. I can't wait. The finals are here and... Uh, Mate, we may even see these two boys duke it out in the grand final for the ultimate glory, so it could be really exciting. That would be fantastic, a fitting end to the Statman comp of the year. But, yeah, thanks very much, Chris, for facilitating all of this and what you did for the podcast and the commentary and, and many other things around all different grades in Newcastle Rugby League. And can't wait to reveal the Statman team of the year with yourself in a, in a week or two and, and there may be a little sneaky giveaway on the back of it. So can't cannot wait. All I will say is stay posted and we will speak stats next week. Thanks, mate. All right, time to get into the Denton Engineering Cup and uh, off the back of that big announcement uh, of our Statsman Players of the Year, the dead heat between the two boys we've managed to get. One of the winner's teammates on, uh, former South Newcastle and now Central Newcastle hooker, Joey Morris, mate. Um, 
Joey, we've just announced on the show that Spider alongside Matt Sopalola have been our players of the year. Is there any surprises there for you? Oh, none whatsoever, mate. They're both quality players. Um, both probably best players at their club easily. And then both probably, yeah, two of the best in the whole comp. So no surprise there at all. Well, I, I, it's remiss of me, mate, not to say welcome to the show, first of all, and thanks for jumping on. Uh, you joined an illustrious list of... Uh, former South Newcastle come Central Newcastle players to come on the show. Um, you're, the, you're the best we've had already and you're only the second one on after Tim Christie, so it was a low bar. Yeah, easy follow from TC. Good to uh, good to be here, mate, and happy to have a chat. Uh, lovely, mate. Um, yeah, so Spider obviously uh, been a standout. He's had the C next to his name for quite a bit of the year for you guys. Uh, although I, I did um, I did say to Josh uh, we probably should stir him up a bit and point out that he, he probably should be a bit nervous because that that other Anderson that played fullback on the on Friday night went all right. Oh, didn't he ever? Yeah, he definitely should have a bit of nerves now. Spider coming back, he's probably got a bit of a target on his back now. Kane wants that number one. He's been telling everyone, so he might not get it back. Yeah, it might be a bit of, bit of kneecapping at home or something going on. Hopefully not, because uh, Central in a great spot, mate. It's um, Obviously, you've, you've come over and joined the squad, as have a number of players over the last couple of years, but they're a side that's come close in the last few years, but it's been a long time between drinks for them. Yeah, it has. They have, they've gone really good over the last couple of years, and that was uh, one of the big things about coming over when I had a chat to Phil and just seeing the team that they'd put together and what they were trying to do over here, and yeah, just kind of want to be a part of it. So, yeah. Mate, um, we talked about it when we had Spider on, but um, you mentioned Phil there, the, uh, the the brains trust behind the coaching setup that they've got there at Central. Um, obviously, Phil's got the head coaching role, but some of those guys like um, uh, Huffy and, and Sparrow that sit in behind that, it's it's a, it's a really good level of experience between the crew that coaches the sides there. Yeah, for sure it is, mate. Uh, Phil's, like I said, Phil's out the front, but Huffy and Sparrow, they do a lot of the work behind the scenes that no one really seems to see, and um, yeah, a lot of the things we do and a lot of, a lot of uh, ways we play come a lot from Huffy and, um, yeah, he's he's smart man. He certainly is, mate. He, he flies under the radar a bit. A lot of people know Sparrow really well and they know Phil and I think Huffy likes it that way, though. He likes to sneak under the radar a little bit. Yeah, he doesn't mind. He, not really much for the public eye, but he, he likes getting into it at training, likes to get stuck into us, so... Yeah, he's a good man and uh, a good tactician. And as I said, yeah, great there. Mate, we talk about the depth as well. Um, and Josh and I were talking about it just before. You'd, you'd be loving both elements of this. One, the guys that you're delivering the ball to in terms of the halves. You know, we've seen, you know, you have Luke Walsh out. You get guys, you know, like uh, Fletcher Kennedy coming in, Ryan Walsh coming in. You've even got Randall who, you know, when he played in the halves, absolutely dominated. Your, your breadth of halves depth is um, is fairly phenomenal, mate. Yeah, Quite a bit ridiculous, to be honest. Yeah, we've got Walshy, and then he doesn't play. We've got Ryan that comes in, or Fletch, or like you said, Randall. So it's um, anywhere you look, whoever I'm giving the ball to, they kind of all just step up and do the next job. So it's, it's been really good. And then, mate, the, the other element that obviously stand out, we've, we've, we've talked enough about plugging Spider, is um, well, your centre pairing's huge, but the, the size of your big boppers, mate, the, the rotation there with, um, you know, you've got big Nick Ritter, um, obviously Cam King, You've also got uh, Junior as well, and um, and then yeah, just the depth there. Wits coming off the bench. It's a plethora of size. It just keeps coming at you if you're the opposition. Yeah, mate. Our, our middles have been massive this year, and then the boys that come off the bench as well. We really don't seem to lose much, and uh, especially Tommy Madden. He's not not the biggest body on the field, but uh, he he punches well above his weight, and it makes my job super easy, mate. I'm 
obviously one of the smaller blokes and teams target me and the big fellas just get around me and make a lot of my tackles for me, so it makes my job easier. Certainly does, mate. I mentioned to Lockie Piper, I know he got a uh, meat pie on the weekend, even though Play Rugby League's uh, st- stitched him up and st- stiffed him of that. The front rowers don't like that, as we talked about in our stats segment. Another one, mate, that you know, quite possibly with the depth, if you guys are at full strength, might really be there might be a couple of guys like him and Tommy and Wits that are battling for, for one of those spots on the bench, really. Yeah, and that's a good thing. Mate, it's not a it's not a made up team, so there's plenty of guys there ready to go and there's plenty of guys trying to get that spot. So it makes a uh, good healthy competition and um, yeah, whoever gets the job on the day is gonna do a job for us and we know they won't let us down. Certainly are, mate. And let's let's get into I guess Friday night's game and uh, another good win to to really lock in second place for you guys, twenty six to six <coughs> over the entrance. And mate, speaking of depth, the uh, the bloke that stepped up and, and played a bit of nine and a, he's a handy goal kicker as well comes from some um, some good bloodlines. So you might have to keep an eye over your shoulder. Oh, I have been keeping an eye over my shoulder all year, to be honest with you. Um, but yeah, Butty stepped in for us a few times now, and he just. He just does the job. He's a quiet achiever. He doesn't doesn't say too much, but you know, whenever he's on the field, whether he's playing in nine, he could be playing in six or thirteen for us. You don't really need to say too much for him uh, to him to get him going. And and then yeah, obviously he's a real handy guy. He did almost he missed that one from almost in front, and then now uh, one from the sideline the other night. So we gave him a bit about that, but uh, he's he's real good butts. That sounds about right for Jonas. I remember refereeing him a couple of years ago, and. Uh he, he might be a quiet one, but he doesn't mind a chat at the goal kicks, although he probably should leave the stand-up to his older brother, I think. So he's uh, he has, <laughs> hasn't got, quite got the one-liners of Isaac. <laughs> yeah, probably not, eh? No, but, mate, um, certainly things building well. You would have been really happy to, to finish second. Obviously, the ultimate goal would have been first, but considering the, the, the start Maitland had of the year, the run home that you guys had was was really strong, and uh, I'm sure yourselves, um, all the senior playing group, and, and Phil and Coa, are quietly confident heading into the finals, mate. It's um, some big challenges, but um, certainly nothing that uh, can't be overcome. Yeah, that's it, mate. We've um, yeah, the last couple of weeks we've put together a few really, really good performances leading into the finals, and uh, we're under no illusions. We know we've done nothing yet, and we've got a long way to go. And we're in our minds, we're probably Maitland's still probably that little bit ahead of everyone else, so we're still trying to chase them. But um, yeah, with a bit of luck, and we'll get there. Yes, yeah, certainly. As you say, uh, some, uh, Maitland are the ones with the target on their back and uh, it'll be interesting to see how the final series does continue to shape up. Uh, mate, in terms of that, Maitland have the week off. Uh, the elimination game, it's going to be an interesting one. Cessnock came close to pipping Maitland last week. How do you see them shaping up against uh, a south side that, look, started the season red hot, but they've probably had the reverse of your fortunes where you guys have finished with a wet sail. They've sort of had a few bumps and, and stumbles, your old club. Yeah, they have. I was um I was talking to a few of the boys the other week. They've had a few injuries the last couple of weeks and they started red hot. They they done us in round two and they were just the six, seven weeks there, no one could really catch them and then yeah, they've had a few injuries and whatnot, but they'll bounce back, mate. They always do. They're a good club, they've got plenty of depth. And um yeah, it'll be a good game on Sunday for sure. It'd be an interesting one. I, I won't get too much comment on it, but there's a. I think there'll be after that Cessnock Maitland game, there'll be a few players who uh, might be waiting on the judiciary report to come out from both sides. So that'll be interesting to see because that'll obviously impact Cessnock. But it'll be a huge battle up front, mate. Um, when you've got big, uh, big Sammy Apthorpe and 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 Barber as well up against Frank Paul and Simo, um, there's going to be some fairly heavy collisions in the middle, and especially if they have Sam Matiora coming off the bench for Cessnock as well. Yeah, for sure, mate. Simo. He just keeps going all day, and Big Frankie's had a good year. But um, yeah, they're middle some stuff, not mate. They're very, very tough to stop. You know, they just keep coming, even when seeing that go off. 
they've got a big team out of that comes on and he's just a weapon, mate. He, he's, yeah, he hits very hard and he's very hard to stop when he runs the ball. So, be a good, be a good contest. Yeah, and then they, they throw the man who uh, he always intrigues me. This one when they throw him through the middle because he doesn't like he's, he's not a small man, but he doesn't look like a prop, but he runs like one. He's got absolutely no respect for his body. And Jaden Young, the way he launches himself through that line. Oh, mate, absolutely. He's uh, runs very, very hard. And, uh, he hits very hard as well. He's got a lot of energy. He just never really seems to get tired on Youngy. So um, yeah, he'll be up for a big one. You certainly will, mate, but uh, I'm sure your aim will be not to be worrying about either of those sides in week till the finals. You'll be hopefully having a match with and a date with the Maitland Pickers up at Maitland Sports Ground, but first you've got to get through Saturday, uh, and it is a big clash. Macquarie got the win on the weekend over Lakes to secure third spot, and uh, look, you've had some good battles with these guys over the last couple of years, and uh, there's, there's no love lost between the two sides. Mate, how do you see the match up, and, and where's the key areas here? Oh, it's definitely going to be a tough one, mate. Yeah, we can't be looking ahead first. We've got to, we've got to get through a game on Saturday yet. But um, I think it just comes down to us sticking our game plan, you know, doing what we should be doing and doing our own job. And um, if everyone just focuses on what they've got to do and do what they've got to do for the team, I think we'll be all right. So a bit of luck will um, we'll come out on top. Yeah, certainly a good uh, incentive to get through. Um, but as you say, uh, plenty of good matchups, mate. Some, some of the battles out there, I'm really looking forward to the, the centre matchups. Young Callum Briggs is putting on shots left, right, and centre. First of all, him versus Randall's always a little bit of a good family rivalry. But he and Royce Jeffrey versus uh, Kyer and uh, Manu Alexander, mate, that'll um, that's certainly worth paying the price of admission alone. Yeah, mate, it's good to watch even when you're out there playing with him. Like we, you just give Kyer the ball and just see try and see him go against Briggsy, and then also on the other side with Manu going against uh, Royce. So it's always good, and uh, yeah. Got to be a good matchup. What about the rivalry, mate? The Nines, both of you have pulled on the red and white before. Um, different clubs now, but uh, I'm sure he goes a man you've uh, watched um, as an opponent plenty of times. And, uh, mate, uh, another man, it'll be, it'll be a pretty solid battle between you two. I would have thought no love lost out there between those white lines. Yeah, it always is. I love playing against Tigo. Um, it's always very fiery between me and, me and him and into each other during the game and whatnot. And then um, after the game, we'll catch up for a beer and, yeah, it'd be all sweet, but I'm playing against you guys. Good, good contest all the time. And mate, it'll be uh, it'll be a cracking day down there at Central. Obviously, for you guys, it is just your first grade in the finals. Reserve grade didn't quite make the cut, so um, I mean that could be a double edged sword because it means your your depth players are fresh if you need to call on them later weeks of the finals. But uh, mate, it's still it's still a big day down there with a number of clubs represented. I think it's either five or six clubs playing on on Saturday uh, over at St John, so it's a, a bumper day of footy. Yeah, it'll be a great day down there. Our, um, yeah, Reggie's boys had a bit of a tough year. They've um, struggled for numbers a little bit the last couple of weeks. Of, there was one week there a couple of weeks ago where three or four of our boys even played reserve grade before our game against Curry just to give them some numbers so they can get through the game. So, um, And then, obviously, in the back end of the year, they've repaid us with that. And we had, I think, six or seven Reggie boys play for us against, uh, play against entrance for us the other night. So... It's always good to have that good depth in the club with the quality of players that can come up and do a job for you when you need them to. And, um, yeah, it'll be a great day down there on Saturday. Plenty of footy going on, so everyone should come down for a look. Yeah, I think it'll start early in the day with the 19s, which will be your old club mate, South. So I think they come up against West, so there's no love lost between those two. And then into the Reggies, West versus Northern Hawks. And we know that Northern Hawks team's got plenty of talent too, so that'll be, that'll be some exciting ball movement and footy. And into the big event, mate, which obviously you boys will be primed for at 3 o'clock, uh, up against Macquarie for, you know, that 
opportunity to take on Maitland and, and you know, it could possibly be another, well, only two wins if you get this win from uh, a premiership, mate. It's a fairly exciting time of year. The weather warms up, the footy gets hotter and uh, there's plenty on offer for the crowd. So uh, I'm sure you're encouraging them to, to wear their blue and white, mate, and get down to St John, enjoy a few blue cans and uh, get uh, pretty loud with some voice. Yeah, 100%, mate. It's the time of year everyone wants to be playing footy. It's what we worked so hard for in the pre-season and during the year. So, uh, it's just, yeah, you're grateful to be here at this time of the year and be in such a good spot that we're in. So, very keen. Well, no worries, mate. Well, thank you very much for coming on the show tonight. Really appreciate your time. Good luck this weekend on Saturday. I'm looking forward to being down there to watch the game. It's going to be an absolute cracker. Um, and whoever manages to come out on top certainly going to earn the victory. It'll be a bumper clash, and, uh, yeah, as I said, a great day of footy. So a big thanks to you, mate, and hopefully, as uh, a man who pulled on the blue and white many years ago in the under-18s, uh, hopefully we can see Central go a long way towards, if not all the way, to breaking that uh, that decade-old title drought. No worries, mate. Thanks for having me. All right, time to dig into the Newcastle and Hunter Community Rugby League, the first of two interviews today delving into the competitions as we are on the cusp of finals. And the man on the other end of this call is undoubtedly very happy that his side, they've been there when the whips have been cracking most seasons since they came into the competition, but they get the week off, week one of the finals, as the minor premiers in the Southern Conference. He's none other than uh, superstar front rower and captain coach of the Hamilton Ducks, Jack Dawson. Jack, welcome back to League Castle, mate. You've, you've been on a few times. I think you've actually, um, you're, you're now our most popular Hamilton Ducker. You've overtaken the illustrious Tyler Smith. <laughs> oh, thanks, Chris. Um, yeah, glad to be on here. Mate, um, obviously there'll be a few weary bodies after the heavy tracks, catch-up games and all the rigmarole that's gone with it. And I'm sure there's a few relieved boys at Hamilton to know that you've got that extra week up your sleeve to rest up and you can go and watch the likes of the, the three sides from all corners of Maitland and, and the boys from Budgie go and uh, biff, biff, bash and barge into each other this weekend uh, as they try and fight their way through to week two. Yeah, definitely. The week off will do us a bit of good. We played um, West Maitland about a week ago and I think a few of the boys are still a bit sore. It was a pretty pretty um, big encounter. Yeah, certainly some um, some physical sides in your competition. Um, East Maitland, they've finished fifth. They've probably faded a little, mate. But let's turn the, the – um, before we look at those sides, let's turn it introspective a little bit. Hamilton, mate, I know you've had a little bit of a changing of the guard from the, the side that's been, you know, highly successful in, you know, uh, other grades over the last couple of years since your, your founding, um, including that um, C-grade grand final last time we had grand finals. What's, I guess, been the key to, to maintaining the competitive rage and, and staying at the, the top of the grade that you found yourselves in? Um, I think a big part of it is sort of, like, I know with our team this year, we've, we've lost quite a few players from that um, C-grade team a few years ago, but um, we've got we've got a few fellas from Taree that, you know, friends of friends and a few guys from Bathurst. Like, everyone's, everyone's pretty good mates. Like, everyone's a friend of a friend and sort of... Um, Everyone sort of come uh, started to gel a little bit together, and yeah, sort of shown this year, you know. Yeah, it certainly is. You know, I, I caught a little bit of one of your games. I was um, sort of on the swing past when you were playing at one of the uh, up at uh, Coronation, I think it was early in the season. And there was a, a lot of new faces that I don't recognise, even though I, I did deal with you guys quite a bit uh, a couple of years ago. Um, so it is a real changing of the guard, but. 
as you say, I, I know it's always been a focus for yourself and Tyler, who are some of the, I guess, the stalwarts of the club now over the, the seasons that you've existed. The culture has been a key focus. Yeah, definitely. Like, um, it, it's really good. I think um, everyone comes down and watches a girls' game. Everyone goes to the Kent afterwards. You know, um, this, this past week we went to West Maitland. We had a bus trip on the way back, and I think everyone was everyone um, was super keen to get their money money in early and enjoy each other's company for a little bit. Yeah, lovely, mate. It's always good to hear, and probably a good transition before we do dig back into your competition. The girls. Uh, they haven't been on the paddock for as many seasons as you boys have. They're a, a, a year or two behind you in terms of the adaptation to the competition, but really starting to build uh, probably a couple of late results that saw them finish a little bit lower than they would have hoped for, but they're playing elimination footy this weekend. They'll kick off the uh, the Ducks final campaign. Um, 10.45, I think it is, up at Howe Park at Abermain, up against Swansea, who they've got a little bit of a rivalry going against them the last couple of years. Yeah, definitely. Like I know, I know the girls came fifth, but I know several of their matches they only lost by two, four, six points in that. So I think they'll be they'll be right in it if they can get a few things going their way. Yeah, certainly. I was having a chat to some of the guys connected with uni, and they were talking about the, the level of improvement in the girls. And we talked about it off air. Um, they're the only side in the B grade league tag competition to knock off Raymond Terrace before Raymond Terrace got promoted. Uh, they've also managed to, you know, beat Stroud and Fingal, who finished uh, second and third. I'm oh, sorry, have a draw with Stroud and um, knock off Fingal, who finished third. So, um, yeah, they're certainly there and thereabouts. They gave Uni a close run only a couple of weeks ago, and again on the weekend went down to Stroud, who finished, um, who will play in that um, double bite at the Cherry game. So, I'm sure they're confident that they're they're right in the right position they need to be. They'd much rather a second bite at the Cherry, but know that they can mix it with all of those sides above them. Yeah, definitely. Like. And I think their level of improvement goes to show like how hard they train. I know some days um, we get a little bit embarrassed when we go down to Learmont and they're there before us. And then Ricky, um, their coach Ricky's got them training, <laughs> training well after after we've finished. So they're, they're the professional side of the Hamilton Ducks. Is that what you're telling me? Yeah, it's a bit like that. You boys just have to make sure you can still beat them in a boat race come the end of the season. That'll have to be the key because if you lose that one as well, there's, there's a bit of trouble, I think. No, I think we'll be all right there. You'll be all right there. Beautiful, mate. Well, good luck to the girls. As I said, uh, it'll be the elimination game, 10.45 up at Howe Park um, on Saturday morning. So that'll be a nice, bright and early start for plenty involved with the Ducks. And uh, the good thing is the other other semifinals for your grade will be there as well. But it'd be remiss of us not to mention while we're looking at the Ladies League Tag B grade, Stroud and Fingal also 10.45. That one will be over at Malibula. The winner of that will head on to take on uni for a spot in the grand final. So good luck to all involved there. But let's turn the focus back to the Southern Conference, mate. And um, I guess run our eye over those four sides. You've, you've talked about it just before um, when we're off air um, and just talking about West Maitland before. West Maitland obviously finished second. Maitland United finished third with a bit of a late flurry. Both sides that can certainly dish out physicality, mate. And how do you see them, I guess, them and their finals campaigns running from here? Um, I think it's going to be pretty close, and like I think any team in the top four can beat um, each other on a given day. You know, I think like we were sort of the um, sort of the early pace setters, but um, yeah, the last couple of weeks, I think Budgie will have got a few more players, and West Maitland have always been neck and neck with us. And um, we haven't played Maitland United since the start of the season, so I don't know how those guys are going. But yeah, it's going to be it's going to be pretty tight. It certainly will. They've, they've played twice during the year. As you say, um, Maitland United went down 27-14 at Coronation 
Um, actually, both their home grounds are tending to use Coronation, but West Maitland, the home side, early in the year. And then um, back in July, Maitland United got the bragging rights 28 uh, 24 before their uh, round 13 game was, was cancelled, uh, unable to be replayed. So the uh, they split it one and one. So this will be the deciding factor and the, and the reward on show for the uh, winning side. Will be an, a, a date with you guys next week, uh, or sorry, the week after, and uh, the losing side will play the winner of the other semi-final. Which, uh, without wanting to be too disparaging, East Maitland they've had a, a pretty challenging back end of the season. They're struggling for some numbers, and you'd have to think Budgie Woy, they've sort of gone the opposite way. They've bolstered their squad, and after a slow start to the season, they've come home with a very wet sail, including at the end of July beating East Maitland 66 to 10. You have to think at uh, 1:30 on Saturday at Howe Park as well. They'd be warm favourites, Budgie Woy. Yeah, I think Budgie should um should take care of East Maitland um, in that one. Yeah, yeah, certainly a fairly stacked side. And in terms of it, I'm, and I'm sure I'm sure it'll be the textbook answer here. Is there is there a side that um, you think matches up better with you? Is more challenging for you, um, or do you think it's just a case of just battening down the hatches, focusing on your game, and uh, making sure you execute what you can? <laughs> yeah, we're not, we're not too worried about either side. I think I think either side's going to be a bit of a challenge whoever we get, but um. Yeah, that's about it. <laughs> yeah, it's it's an, an interesting one. If we hark to that other game, mate, I know should Budgie Boy make their run through, it's um that that's a, that's a rivalry you guys matched up a couple of years ago in the C Grade Grand Final as well. So it'd be nice to renew acquaintances. I know there's been a real changing of the guard at their club as well. Not many players left from that side, but there's always that I guess that point with both your clubs sort of coming into the competition around the same side and having the same you know, being in similar grades. It's uh, nice to get those one ups and. Uh, is there a score to settle there, I guess, or is it just, you know, you just focus 2022 is 2022 and 2020's distant past? Oh, we, we have got a bit of a rivalry with them, but yeah, it's, it's, it's a totally different year. You know, like I, I think we've got three or four blokes from back then, and I think looking at their team, it's, it's, it's pretty much the same, you know, but yeah, it would be nice to get one over them, though, after, after 2020. <laughs> Yeah, well, I guess time will tell. They've, they've got a few wins or at least two wins to get to you and that, or um, four depending on uh, – sorry, sorry, or three depending on how your game goes in a week and a bit's time. But, mate, we appreciate you uh, jumping on tonight um, and uh, all the best to the Ducks. It's always a good news story. And, mate, uh, I'm just going to ask you for a tip here for um, Saturday morning's game. And, uh, mate, the first try scorer, can you give us a name for, you know, I know sports bet aren't going to offer this market, but who's going to be the first try scorer for the ladies on Saturday morning? The girls, um, oh, I'd, I'd have to say number eight, Bernadette Quirk. I reckon she would be she'd be due for one. She's due. I like it, mate. Um, and and hope hopefully it'll be uh, the front rower Jack Dawson leading Hamilton across the line for the first try in the uh, major semi in, in a week and a half's time as well, mate. So that'd be some nice poetic justice. But good luck to your girls this Saturday. Good luck to you guys in a week's time once you know who you're playing. And uh, mate, as always, a big thanks to yourself for. Um, some time on the show. I know it's not video, but we still went with a better looking option out of you and you and Tyler anyway. <laughs> Thanks, mate. Appreciate it. All right, we're back into the second half of our Newcastle and Hunter Community Rugby League segment ahead of the finals. And we're fortunate to be joined by a man who's been involved in one of the clubs who's been the resurgent stories of 2022, the Awabakal Eagles. Puasa Lolly is the captain coach of the men's C grade competition and uh, the Awabakal Eagles have been big improvers there, getting pipped for the minor premiership uh, in the C grade competition. Welcome to League Castle, Puasa. Thanks, mate. 
Mate, um, Good to be here. Great, great to have you on the show. And um, I guess uh, Awabakal's been a club that, you know, obviously rejoined the competition a few years ago. Probably haven't quite had the success or consistency of playing lineup that they might have liked in recent years. But has that been one of the keys? I, I guess there's been some names come in in terms of experience, but having a bit more consistency in the club this year with both sides performing well? Yeah, right. Yeah, definitely. We've definitely just tried to build from the bottom up and not, not concentrate on, you know, signing big names and trying to trying to go for A grade, but just try and start at the bottom and build a good foundation for the club, you know? Yeah, and certainly looking... Um, oh, sorry, mate, go on. No, just trying to trying to really um, base our, our foundation of um, good culture and I uh, can build it around the family and the culture of the club and what it used to be. Um, because as you know, you know, it used to be a, uh, an Indigenous-based club um, years ago, and then obviously they've come back in to the club a few years ago. I've joined up 2000 and, uh, 2020, and um, just tried to like get back those values of rugby league and and those really good, um, you know, try and get the good feeling about the club, try and make it a family-based club, and yeah. And so, certainly, that mate, that's reflected uh, not only the men, as I said, being successful this year, but the women. They've they've probably outdone you up to this point, mate. The pressure's on the boys, <laughs> winning the minor premiership. The girls in the C grade ladies league tag. They they start, you know they probably started a bit slower than they would have wanted. They came home with a wet sail. Yeah, well, Ashley Williams, she's the women's coach, and she's put in a, a lot of hard work, and she's she's won a few grand finals as coach in the past. So having her as the women's coach. Um, I think you've really given the girls a boost and, and we've always had a healthy competition with the girls at training. You know, we try and um, out-train them and most of the time, I'll let you know, they, they out-train us usually most of, the, most of the time. They finish at around 7.30 and we're off the field at about quarter past. So, yeah, they're, they're doing well and, yeah, good luck to them in the, in the finals. They'll, they'll undoubtedly enjoy the week off this week and, and have a look at the likes of Morpeth and Cardiff as they uh, they clash. And I know there's, there's probably a nice little bit of uh, d- domestic neighbour rivalry for them with uh, the likes of Cardiff too, mate. So um, it'd be exciting if they could get a little uh, derby game come come grand final day. Yeah, it's always been a good good competition against um, Cardiff. Like a few of the girls have come from Cardiff, so there's there's definitely a good rivalry there. So, yeah, it's been tight games against um, when they played each other in this year, the season. So it always goes down to the um, last minute. So it should be a good game. Certainly will. And for anyone who's keeping an eye on the C-grade ladies league tag, the semis this week will be Morpeth versus Cardiff in the uh, qualifying semi. The winner of that will take on a Wobbicle up at Howe Park at Abermain at 9.30. And Raymond Terrace and Dudley will battle it out in the elimination game at Malibula, the Battle of the Magpies. But as I said... Your girls, Poasa, they'll have the week off. Your boys, not so fortunate in that regard. They're going to have to front up this weekend. And uh, the C-grade competition, it's a, it's a fairly stacked competition. Raymond Terrace, the minor premiers, mate, they pipped your boys for it. But in terms of your side, before we look at the other side, you talked about it before, building that culture. You've also been benefited from a few experienced players who are um, Indigenous Heritage players coming back to Awabakal this year as well. Yeah, we've had um, the Simons brothers, Matt and Aaron. They're pretty well known around the Newcastle comp. Um, they've come back and lent their, as you say, experience back to the club and helped out. Like They're related to a lot of the boys in the team, so it's good to have them there just to kind of give the boys, um, I don't know, be, they're kind of like playing the big brother role. They're not that old, but they're playing the big brother role where they can lend their experience to the younger players that are coming to the team. Not only that, we've got um, Bernard Mosby. He joined our team last year. He, plays in the, um, he used to play in the Queensland Cup. So having him there is just a big boost. We've got um, Napoleon Utah, who's an ex-Knight, and Theron Pearson. And we've also got Jordan Hammond. He's a name that uh, a few people know around Newcastle Rugby League. So 
we've got some really good experience there and they've just gelled together so well and just, you know, they've taken that senior position in the team and it's just been a good help for me as well as coach just to, I learn from these guys every every training session. Yeah, there's, awesome. there's certainly some good names coming back there, mate. But again, it's not, as you said, about going out and, and stacking aside. You've got some some players and, you know, there's a couple of names there that, that sort of, you know, have been around for quite a few years. I mean, Doug Beal, I think, has been there since you guys came back in and um, through the through the more challenging times. As you said, you've been there for a few years, as have a number of the boys. So it's great to see that combination, I guess. And, and a lot of these guys, you know, I know Aaron and Matt, um, Thierry as well, have all spent quite a lot of time around that region. Aaron and Matt are, are Macquarie Juniors. Thierry and played some time yeah. at Shortland and Dora Creek as well. So uh, it's not exactly like you're, you're bringing in big-name recruits from outside the region. And I know none of those boys will mind me saying, and Napoleon's in the same boat, none of them are exactly in their early 20s anymore. <laughs> I was trying to avoid saying that. <laughs> they're exp- they they're experienced, the mate. They're experienced. <laughs> <laughs> experience is the word we're going to go. But, yeah, I did build the team around Doug. You know, he is young. He's, he's got a lot of years to go in, in rugby league. And uh, so I built the team around him. And the boys that we've named just then, they've come in and they haven't come in um, and tried to take over in a sense. They've come in and they've respected Doug and his decisions that he makes and it shows on the field. Everyone kind of, you know, respects Doug. He's a really good player. And he's. I really feel like he's, he's kind of taken the leadership role as captain with two hands and, you know, he's doing a good job. So, yeah, all credit to him. Uh, that's great to see, mate. Well, the uh, the good news is that you'll get to have a look at your uh, Western Lakes rivals before you get underway on Saturday morning. They, they've got the unenviable task of a 9.30 kickoff, and there's no love lost between these two. Morissette and Dora Creek clash on Saturday morning, mate. Uh, and they know each other quite well. They only played on the weekend in a catch-up game. So who do you think uh, heads into this one as favourite in terms of the uh, the elimination semi-final? Um, before, if you'd asked me last week, I would have said Dora by a try. But um, Morissette's got nothing to lose, and they're coming in hot. As you know, they they won on the weekend, so I'm sure the Lord Mayor of Morissette that's what the, that's what he goes by, the big front rower, big race. I'm sure he's yeah, big race. I'm sure he's um he's got his troops ready to roll, and I'm, I'm excited to see. I, can't, I really can't call who's going to win. It's going to be a tight one. So yeah. Uh, if I had to make a decision, I'd have to say Morissette. All right. Come in hot. to win that one, mate. It's, it'll be an interesting one, um, and certainly whichever side gets through, uh, they're going to cause some trouble next week for the loser of your game, which we'll get to in a moment, mate. But I just want to cast my eye above you on the ladder for a moment. We talked about it before. Raymond Terrace, they're a very mm-hmm. talented side. They haven't, a bit like yourselves, they probably haven't had their best 17 on the park every week or best 19 on the park every week. So yep. it's about both of you, I think, and also Lakes, who, who you come up against this week. Who can get their 19 consistently performing? And discipline's probably going to be a big key as well as we head over the next four weeks. Oh, 100%. I went over and watched uh, Raymond Terrace versus Westy on the weekend just to have a little sneak peek. And um, Westy was unfortunate to, to lose. But, yeah, Raymond Terrace, they're really strong. They've got a really good um, back line. So it'll be... A challenge for us boys to, to get it over him, but yeah, we'll have to see what happens there. Yeah, just I guess the focus is probably at this point of the week on very much on Saturday, uh, the big game that you do have. And again, it's, it's, it's nice we talked about it with the girls with the rivalries, uh, you know, yourselves, Dora Creek, Morissette, and Lakes, all sort of just around that Lake Macquarie region. So, um, Raymond Terrace, possibly the old one out a little bit in that in that realm, I suppose, but. Not much has separated yourselves and Lakes 20-10 to 10 earlier in the year when you did come up against each other and uh, 
just the one clash in season 2022 thus far and quite some time ago. So it'll be interesting to see quarter past 11 at Carl Oval. They've got the benefit of home ground on you. Uh, yeah. What's, what's going to be the key, mate? They're a youthful side. Um, I saw them against Fingal the other week. They've got plenty of um, energy and bounce and, and they'll, they'll, get all, they'll be uh, certainly uh, up for the fight. No, you're exactly right. They are a youthful side. They're really young. They're really fit. They've got a bit of speed on the edges. Um, I think for us, it's just going to be trying to win that arm wrestle early on and, and try and um, staunch them out of the game, so to speak. Try to, um, yeah, because like with our, with our team, the four, we've got the really big forward pack. So I think our, yeah, our key is just to kind of weaken their, their defence in the forwards. I think that's going to be our key thing, just to win the arm wrestle early on and hopefully they go away. Yeah, it's, it'll be it'll be an interesting challenge, as you say. It's it's kind of contrasting a little bit the, uh, and we'll go back to that word we used before: the experience versus the youth, mate. <laughs> yeah, we're definitely not short of experience in our team, and um, I think that's that's what's won us a few games when with um, Theron and Doug working together, um, kind of coming in with with a cool head and a, and a calm like uh, response to you know early tries in in the first half. Um, I think. That's really been been a positive for us, like just keeping a cool head going into it, even if we're behind. Come come second half, just having a cool head and trying to just to play for our emotions has been really good for us. So I think that'll come into play on the weekend against Lakes. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see, and I know from watching the C grade competition over the last couple of years and. Uh Keep, keeping emotion channeled in the right direction might be the nice way of putting it. Has certainly been the difference in a lot of these semi-final games. The team that can uh, keep on the right side of the man in pink and, and make sure that that emotion's channeled into effective outcomes, mate. And I know that that'll be undoubtedly a focus for all four sides in action on Saturday morning. Yeah, 100%. You're right. I think the emotions go higher when it comes into semis and the, your experience goes through. And I feel like because we've got a lot of experience on our team, I feel like, you know, that's going to be a positive for us going into the finals, especially against a young team like Lakes. Yeah, it'll be an interesting one. And I know a few of the boys from Lakes will know Matt and Aaron well from uh, their time over at Belmont South when they're on the other side of the lake for a little bit, mate. So there'll be some good little rivalries. And uh, I'm sure that uh, the great thing about the C-grade competition is no matter who comes out on top, there's uh, a good chance for those that uh, want to indulge to have a nice blue can afterwards. And... uh, uh, shape up for next week mate uh, so we wish you all the best of luck on Saturday morning it's uh, well worth getting down there'll be two cracking games of football down there two uh, little rivalries in their own uh, on Saturday morning as I said 9.30 and quarter past 11 so head on down to Carl Oval and then there's some further games after that I think there's four or five games down there so well worth uh, the price of admission and, and getting down there and I'm sure you'd encourage lots of uh, your fans and, and people that are you know fans of those players that we've mentioned that might have seen them at their previous clubs to get down and uh uh, rock, rock the yellow, red and black of a Wobbicle and uh, cheer on the Eagles this weekend, mate. 100%, mate. Come down and support the boys both sides and have a blue can after and have a good time. Thanks for having us, mate. No worries. Thanks, Paul Arthur, and uh, we, good luck for the rest of the season, mate. Hopefully we'll uh, be chatting to you in the lead-up to the grand final. Legend. Cheers, mate. Cheers. What a massive episode managing to crown our second Junkyard Skip Statsman Performers of the Year, but our first joint winners. Congratulations to Cameron Spider-Anderson and Matt Soper-Lawlup from the Central Newcastle and Maitland Rugby League Clubs, respectively. Two very deserving winners, two electric men in full flight, and we look forward to seeing them over the next few weeks of the Denton Engineering Cup. Well-deserving winners, and we look forward to announcing some of those other 
high performers from those leaderboards over the coming weeks, including our team of the year and the unveiling of the coach of the year, as well as the captain of that squad, uh, which we've got a little unique approach to. So we'll be able to announce that in the coming weeks, and and we really look forward to that. Uh, We'll also hold over our uh, Beaver Brewery Club of the Year, the best-performing canteen, bar, and atmosphere combo at a local rugby league ground in season 2022. That will be announced next week on the show, so that'll be great to look forward to. Again, thanks to our partners, Beaver Brewery, Junkyard Skips, the guys who brought us the prizes for the Statsman Performers of the Year and the donation to charity, which will go to the Black Dog Institute. Again, Sharp DS Central Coast and Shipley Meets at Rutherford, also great supporters of the show. Make sure you do let them know that League Castle sent you if you go and support any of those businesses and they'll make sure you are well looked after. Of course, stay tuned on our social media channels, especially Instagram, League Castle AU on Instagram uh, for our upcoming giveaway that's going to run over the next few weeks. We're really looking forward to being able to give away some prizes from a number of the clubs um, that we've got some good merchandise there up to and including some uh, actual playing kit jerseys which will give away to fans of each of the respective clubs, which will be a great opportunity for you to get involved and share the League Castle story. Um, and, of course, a big thank you to our guests today. We had a bumper crew. Uh, we, of course, had Poasa from Awabakul. We had Jack Dawson coming in from the mighty Hamilton Ducks from the Southern Conference, the minor premiers with the week off. We also spoke to Joey Morris ahead of Central Newcastle's clash with Macquarie Scorpions in the qualifying semi final of the Denton Engineering Cup. And the man who has carried me throughout season 2022, the stats man, the guru of numbers, the admiral of abacuses, if you will, Josh Spiegelman, an absolute uh, asset to our show who I couldn't get through and do this with out every week. So a big thanks to him. A big thanks to all the guests for giving up their time. Uh, We really appreciate what they do to allow us to continue bringing you rugby league content. Get down to one of those finals venues, six of them across Newcastle and the Hunter this weekend. It simplifies it all down. Get a blue can into you. Enjoy a steak sandwich. Have a great time. Make some noise. Get behind your chosen team or teams, and hopefully they can make a run towards premiership glory in season 2022. We go to King. King will barge over. Will he get it down? Yes, he does. There's the premiership. Wilson. Runs to the line, he's got Buxton with him, it's been put on the toe. It's gonna to be to try. Joy Jobson's got the try. Window get their second. You're listening to League Castle, Newcastle Hunters, Hunters Rugby League.